Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And your co-host, Hunter. Hey, you get me today. (laughs) Friends, we are doing a... We're doing our first ever 9 a.m. podcast. Uh, well, 9 a.m. for me, at least. Uh, we've never done one at 9 a.m. before. Usually, we, when we have guests that are overseas from us, we try and do it at 6. But that just didn't work out for our guest today. So we were like, all right, let's just do 9. I mean, time zones, man. Time zones. What are you going to do? Um, joining us today, both from Germany, we have... Okay, guys, I'm going to try. I hope I get it right. I did it, I did it earlier. Uh Tobias Offermans and Devedra Poli of Warp Turtle here to talk about, uh, I can never say this word right, Gaia? Is it Gaia or Gaia? Gaia, Gaia Beyond. Yeah, I have what they call an East Coast accent, so I say things like Mario and, and Nevada, and my wife gives me all kinds of crap yeah. for it. You have like you have like a northern east coast. A northeast, yeah, I have a northeast accent. Basically, I have a northeast like Philadelphia, New York type of thing. Um, hey, it's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, thank you taking thank you for taking time out of your day to join us to talk about. Uh, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna. I, my brain wants to say Gaia. My brain wants to say Gaia. I can't even say George Takei's name right. I always want to say Takai. So I don't know why. Um, so, thank wait, you for taking. Wait, is it not? Is it not Takai? It's it's Takai. It's, it's Takai. Oh my it's God! Decay. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I know. I know. I feel so terrible. Oh just, my just God! Think, just think. He's gay. So George Takai, gay. Just just use that to to keep the to keep the do the rhyme, and you'll be. And fine. he himself has used that joke. So yes. Oh yeah. my! I I did not make this. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> I got to meet him when I was 11. It was the best celebrity encounter I've ever had. Um, He's got some of the best facial expressions during like moments of shock, like in the Star Trek shows and movies and stuff. It just, so, I love, so, I love him. So gentlemen, here's a, here's a, we told you there'd be tangents. So just a side note. Uh, I was 11. This is my second Star Trek convention. And uh, I'd never gotten anything signed by a celebrity before, but I was encouraged to stand in line for an hour to get something signed by George Takei. All I had was a vinyl copy of Star Trekkin by the firm. You know the song, Star Trekkin across the, you know. Um, yeah. So I go up. I go up. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think I mixed it up with Deep Purple Space Trekking. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so I go oh, up oh. to him, and I'm, I'm just in awe because I've never met a celebrity. And he's like, oh, I know this song. And then he sings like half the goddamn song. <laughs> with the with with the crowd joining in behind me, and I'm just standing there about to pee my pants, and and he's like he signs it. He's like, "Good to see you." He was so nice, and he rem- I ran to him again a year later, and he remembered me. Oh, oh! I heard he was a really nice person. He is the nicest. He asked me how school was going, you know, because I was 12, you know, <laughs> and he is the nicest guy. Anyway. Back on track. So, I have, guys, that might have been the earliest we ever had a tangent, like minutes into the show. Um, I don't know, no though. Problem. I, I love Star Trek, so. No oh, worries. oh, good. Oh, good. We, we'll probably t- we love Star Trek here. Yeah, we, never we love. Never been to a convention, though, because in Germany, you know, hard to come by. Oh really? There aren't a lot of conventions in Germany. No, there are, but hard to come by for me because I don't oh. go outside the house. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, if you have but social, I... sorry, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. I was gonna say if you don't, if you're an introvert or have some social anxiety, conventions can be real tough. Uh, no, I don't go anymore. It's not. It's uh, not that I'm. I'm too lazy. Too lazy. Oh Most well, okay, that's okay. another thing. Yeah, because. Experience these sorts of things where you have to walk to and walk around a lot. Well, in, to entice you, there's quite a bit of sitting at a Star Trek convention. Basically, if you want, you don't have to walk around at all. You can just go into the panel room and sit there all day. Yeah. So, uh, cool. yeah. So you could totally be lazy at a Star Trek convention if you want to. Um, <clears throat> 
FYI, excuse me. So uh, back on track, we're here to talk about, oh my God, Gaia. No, damn it. Gaia. <laughs> damn it. I'm going to do that the whole time. I apologize. Gaia Beyond. Uh, folks, if you're not aware of what Gaia Beyond is, it is a top-down spaceship adventure game that takes place in our solar system in the future um, with many colorful characters and exploration and combat. And it's been, how long was it in early access? Two or three years? Two years. Two and a half, yeah. Uh, yeah. We went early access on March 18. And oh. now we released on 20th of August. So it's, yeah, two and a half. Congratulations on that, by the way. I mean, it's always... Thank you. It's, it's always... Yeah, thank you. I, I'm going to say, it's always great to see a game actually leave early access and hit 1.0. That, I mean, it's always great to see a game do that, but that actually, like, reached a point where it should. Like, how many times have we seen an early access game where it's like, oh, we're out of early access? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't done. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, yeah, I have to say. Well. Course, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the point. I mean... We are not done. That's one of the points, I guess, we need to communicate because a lot of people, of course, expected 1.0 to be like the final product or something. But for us, it was more a way to get more feedback in because we had like some really loyal players, like a really good player base, but once those players went through the game and explored everything, even if they replayed it, it was like, you know, you have one playstyle and you're going to follow that playstyle through your whole experience after a while. Yeah. And at this point, this game we're trying to make, I'm saying we're trying to make because we're like, only at the first step with 1.0 now, or like at the second after early access. And we're trying to make like a way, very open worldish sandbox, not, not sandbox, but like a game where you can do a lot of decisions and there's going to be a lot of consequences. And we're trying to show this with 1.0. And because it was a little bit buggy and we're fixing it right now, um, Maybe it didn't come over to everyone as perfectly as we planned. So yeah, we want to make sure that like, people understand it was for us an important method to get more players into the game, to experience it in like different ways because there's so many things you can like do in a different, how do you say... Um, order you know and so the game is very hmm, open for like individual experiences and of course also bugs and we need to find and fix all those things and this was one of the most important steps for us and tasks to get people telling us what actually is wrong with the game now you know yeah, and what we what we also planned for 1.0 to be is um, to have one finishable quest line in itself, like a main quest arc. And we knew from the beginning that there would be many other quest arcs that would be impossible to implement before 1.0. And so, yeah, we tried to to make it like yeah, not a vertical slice, but to to have a finishable experience that that doesn't feel like it has huge gaps we tried our best to to achieve that but we knew from the start that after that release we would continue of course and to to add big um big chunks of like um new quest lines being added afterwards after the the main plot you can finish now even during LUXs, we had like a lot of people asking for special features. Like, for example, a lot of people like carriers in space games, you know? And we didn't, couldn't finish this feature, for example, for 
but we finished other features. We, and, we introduced capital oh, flow, so we have the big ones, but they can't drop uh, small ships. Yeah. yeah, we introduced the capital ships and stuff like this during early access, and we introduced more weapon types and stuff like this, and we failed to introduce everything we tried for 1.0, but that's all coming. And everything we already planned anyway for after 1.0, that's also still coming. So I hope that people understand that, you know, we're trying our best to present a game <coughs> that in the future will be a, a very mem memorable experience, you know? Excuse my uh, bad English. I, I have to admit I'm a bit confused as to why people are... Like, I noticed the reviews are negative, and I'm like, why? Because I, your update, um, when you made an update, your update news um, posts were very detailed. And I, I never for a moment got the feeling that 1.0 was not finished. I got the feeling that this is where you thought 1.0 was. And it sounds like, you know, maybe 2.0 will be the next storyline, and then 3.0 yeah. or whatever. Um I I had no problem understanding that. So I'm wondering if people like I wonder if people even read the new like news posts. Like I don't know about you guys, but I am addicted to like news posts on Steam. I I check Steam so many times a day to see if a game's been updated or if a developer has put out a new de de uh dev blog on Steam. Like the news feed on Steam and the friend activity thing, like I probably go there more than just about anywhere else. And, and yeah, yeah, sure. I think I like to see what achievements my friends got and stuff like this. Yes, so, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to see what they bought. It's fun to see what did you. I, I they added a thing recently. I think it's recently where they say oh, so and so has played this for the first time, which I haven't seen until recently. I don't know if it's a new thing, but I might have missed it. But I love seeing stuff like that, you know. And I'm wondering I think if there's. Hmm, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people actually following our news, and um, we got a lot of like loyal people in the community that are checking every little thing we publish. But I can also understand that at this point with 1.0, that um, there are so many new people that have never ever heard of the game before, and they they want to consume it. They paid money for it. They want to check it out. And yeah, I, I guess many people are not uh, not reading every update at the moment, and I can totally understand that. See, that's, but yeah, that... that's our chance to communicate. Like maybe I think uh, there's maybe... a miscommunication in there that there are misconception rather that when people see out of early access 1.0, they assume the game is done. Even if more is going to be added to it, they assume the game is done. And and for some devs, uh, from what I'm hearing, yourselves included, it's it's more of the base game is feature complete, but you still want to add a lot more to it and build yeah. well yeah. beyond that. And yeah. I think I think that's the where the misconception lies is because they see oh it's out of early access, therefore it must be done. These things should be in there before you release out of early access and they're not there or something along those lines. There is a, that misconception causes problems with people uh, trying to think, Oh, well, why is this here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you know, when I see like a player complaining that like at the end right now, there's like, after you finish the end boss, there's like a bug still, and we're gonna fix it like in the next two or three days. I hope, I hopefully, if not, not much later. But um, the the whole debriefing sequence is kind of wacky and not working right now. So people are coming into the forums and coming onto Discord and stuff, and are asking about. Um, My quest is broken. Where's the next main quest? You know, because there's something not working right now. And 
this is when I when I see all those people then complaining about hmm, I had fun with the game because I think if they played to this point, they had fun with the game. They were like involved with it. So if they now complain, they actually are passionate about these kind of products, you know, these kind of games, these kind of experiences, and they want it to be good. And of course, because there's like a little bug here and a bug that totally breaks the storyline there, which we already fixed at one point, um, you know, people get thrown out of the immersion. You know what I mean? And and it's totally fair for those people to be, you know, negative about our our game. And I understand this point of view because I think it's part of our fail to communicate that early access, like leaving early access and releasing 1.0 is not the final product. We tried to do that, like during, like with the news posts you saw and stuff, but not everyone who's like a new player who buys the game now did see, they didn't see any of this, you know? They buy the game, they expect the finished product. And that's where all the, you know, negativity lies right now. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because. 1.0, I mean, it doesn't have to be the end. It could be a milestone. Like, this is our 1.0 milestone. We have exactly. a lot more coming, but, but this is That's where we want the game is. to be. Yeah. This is where we want the game to be at 1.0. This is so we're where we expect it to be. But um, I think we all can realize that gamers are a fickle bunch. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I myself, as a gamer, you know, I understand, and I I have I only blame ourselves because even if 1.0 was not like planned as a final product in any way, um, we still tried, of course, to present a bug-free experience, which we couldn't, um, and that is, of course, also. Or, you know, if everything would have been worked as planned, um, I think a lot of the people who were now, like, disappointed a little bit were would be a little bit more positive about the game now. But the thing is, I don't really see, like, a problem with it just because we kind of expected this kind of reaction in the first place, and we kind of wanted it because we wanted all this feedback to get this focus what to do next what to repair what to fix and where something is wrong what we couldn't discover and any of the other players couldn't discover until now right and and there is precedent for this i mean look at um uh yeah sharp pointy stick i love that name by the way in the twitch chat <laughs> <laughs> brings up the story of no of um excuse me no man's sky I mean, when that got released, it was um, not done. <laughs> it was done, but yeah, not. I remember this, yeah. And it got so much crap, but they kept at it. And look at the turnaround they've had. Look at the kind of a Cinderella story of that game. So there is definitely precedent that if you stick with a thing and you're open about the communication and and everything, that you'll turn it around. And I have every confidence that you guys will. It's just going to take some time. But... I mean, it's gonna take some time, but yeah, yeah, and but it'll be. I'm, I know it'll be worth it in the end because you have a great game here. I was playing it yesterday to record the footage that's looping in the background as we talk, and, and it's getting better every day because in the moment we're pushing like patches, little patches, like like almost one a day, two a day. So hopefully, in the next two or three weeks everything will be fixed and we can finally add new content. So, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with reaching, reaching a 1.0 milestone to, uh, to get the game where you feel it is. And like, if you don't have enough testers to find stuff, you know, then how are you going to find stuff? You need more testers. So, I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I, 
when you were talking about No Man's Sky, I was also thinking this guy created a huge hype before that. So there were players and testers and everything. And we were just like, yeah. A small uh, indie team, you tum know. Tumbling around in the low no area. Through budget and stuff like this. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, the same thing will probably happen. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, Starfleet 2, Krellin Commander. It, it came I've out, heard of it. Yeah, it came out in 1989. It's been hailed as one of the worst games ever made because it was released in a horribly buggy state. Horribly. Okay, rings of bear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never played it at the time, but I'm playing it now. Uh, the developer is actually back working on it, and he has been making so many improvements and changes. And I have a feeling it'll be another similar case to what's going to happen with this game in No Man's Sky. It'll be like a, it'll be a kind of rags to riches, kind of Cinderella style, you know, story. Yeah, one thing, one thing I, we haven't mentioned yet is that we are actually uh, we have started quite early before the early access release too. So the initial plan and the and the concept and the decision to make exactly this game was actually decided in the end of 2010. We started like in the beginning of 2011. Whoa! With the developments. Really? Of course, we... Yeah, I mean, sure, we, we didn't work uh, full-time all the years, but there was also never a complete stop. It was like always at least uh, one or two people yeah. working constantly. And overall, actually, we worked most of that time. And I mean, of course the first few years was like putting an engine together and like putting work, yeah. stuff together without anything that's actually in the game and like while putting a concept on paper for all the storylines that are connected that's why um i'm always telling people there's more like chapters coming because they're like already written down and it's already done the problem is to get it in the game, and this is taking us a lot more time than we've expected, like, a few years ago. And a few years ago, there was kind of a, a jump or breakthrough in, in that, that direction because, um, yeah, so much stuff just wasn't possible before that. I mean, with the story, for example... Uh, like Devendra said, there, the, the concept was big already and it was there and we we knew how factions and everything were going to work out over time but the the possibilities to to integrate it into the game to to transport the the message of the lore and everything that was a thing that just came in step by step and along with technical opportunities so yeah, and the, especially during the early access, early access time, I think there was a big jump in the technical possibilities, and it went a lot faster to actually implement what we were going to tell the players. I have to say, I find it amazing that you started working on this game in 2010, because a, a lot of people we talk to when they say, when we ask them when they started a game, usually it's like oh, well, Star Citizen became a thing. And I'm like, oh, space games might be a thing again. So people started working on space games again. But in 2010, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we followed the development of um, what is now Star Sector. It came along back then during... That's we, right. Uh, that was like it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we saw, ah, there's this game. Hey, what's this this style? How, how do they do it? And it just popped up once in a while to us. And it was Starfarer back then. Right. And, and yeah, you didn't we always want... stumbled across it. And, and you didn't yeah. want to do a nine-year, ten-year early access period like they're doing. <laughs> no, because there wasn't anything. We've never anything excluded. Anything to game with, actually, so, you know it took us like quite a few years to actually put this as uh, a basic engine together and put all the things we need for the first quests and stuff 
you know, the mechanics and stuff. Right. Because I'm honest, we're like, at the beginning, we were like inexperienced developers, you know, we were like, we're still not very sure. experienced, but we gained a lot experienced and we know a lot of things now that we can like do faster. That's why content yeah, the, is coming a lot quicker. There also was uh, no schedule or, or time goal at all in the beginning. We just said, okay, let's do this. This is the concept. This is what we're going to to go <laughs> to go to and um uh we just the plan was just we start working we keep working as much as possible and i think for the first let's say six or seven years we had no um yeah no no schedule no time time goal to match just like open end and when we started with the project we said yeah maybe we will release it in 10 years and <laughs> now, and maybe not. Here we are and, and, almost 10 years. <laughs> yeah, after a while it was like, okay, let's this is now becoming a game for real. It's not just like fun and like for for like learning. Is this like something we can a actually quick cash do. grab? <laughs> yeah, and then then we started like going for early access and now we are like 1.2 zero and we're going like to continue till we're till we have what we imagined like like almost 10 years ago right now you said this was your your engine this is your own engine no no the so one person that did this is florian richter and he's like the one that's not here today but he's the one living in thailand with his with his wife and he's doing all the programming he's doing like the engine and like yeah, the basic so he, built, scripting. He, he did all that right but i yeah, mean it's the, it's a custom engine it's up. not it's a custom engine it's not unity or anything exactly it's, wow it's own yeah as far as i as i know yeah actually there's uh, quite a fun Fun background because this this whole thing was uh, evolving from a actual Super Mario clone engine, so it was a side scroller engine. That, wait, wait, what? And, <laughs> yep, and our our main menu looked like the main menu from that Mario clone for a while, and yeah, so. A lot of features, of course, most of the features that are here now developed over time and were added into this engine. It had a level editor for 2D platformer levels. And yeah, also the, the interface and the usability of that editor has gone such a long way from then, from totally different genre and, and purpose to what it is now to actually for us to to work with as well well it's pretty impressive because it was really fun to fly around the combat was if the combat was i really like how visceral the combat is like you almost feel it like when a ship blows up it has weight it almost has like a crunchy weight to it you know it, yeah, it, the, from, the combat is interesting. I I was taking note of the combat with especially with like the targeting system and all that other stuff. I find very interesting. We still want to add like some stuff to like the targeting of the turrets, how turrets work, and the targeting systems, so that like battle gonna be a more little bit more deeper with time, hopefully, but. I think it's mostly based on like old asteroid-like games, like the whole um, flying experience and how the ships handle and the shooting, of course. Well, well maybe, the... I, I'm sorry. I just have to ask: Does anyone remember of you, Spark Cola from Atari? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean. Re Remember what? Like, like space, space it's like Ola a, it's like a or something. Very old but, space game that no one yeah, actually remembers but, uh, anymore. I guess. Space Overlord. No, uh, S P A C O L A. No. I, 
I think Look it, it was uh, made by a German programmer, so I don't know how international it was. I, I didn't even knew that, so... Um, quite a, a milestone. <laughs> like, like when I was a little kid, I had this on my Atari. I don't, yeah, I don't me know. Me too, how it was, 10 years old. Yeah, but this is actually one of my of the main inspirations for this game and then escape velocity and stuff like this and all mm. the new stuff we actually which we old we never played the new stuff we all played the old stuff mostly well you're probably too busy working on your own game which is fair <laughs> actually, yeah. since, like since we went early access and especially now during like after 1.0 I don't play anything right now anymore, but I hopefully uh, I will again in the future. I believe it. I totally believe it because you know you get well, you get so target fixated. Well, what I was gonna say about the whole combat stuff, especially with the targeting, I found interesting about the targeting was is I could shoot at the guy and not hit him, but I, I have to target what I'm shooting at in order for my shots to hit. I found that interesting. I like that. That was also hard to to communicate because we we had a lot of streamers and players we watched um getting confused by the you have yeah, to middle click the the object to hit it if it's not an enemy. If it's an enemy like a pirate or someone who who wants to attack you anyway, um there will be auto collision on your fires but um if you are asteroids for example you can hit them right away but if the object is neutral or friendly of course um then you have to target select it first and this is also the only way right now for um rotatable turret weapons to fire we have fixed weapons and turret weapons and these uh, latter ones only shoot and aim automatically when you have a target selected, which was told once in the tutorial. So if a streamer or a player comes back after half a year and picks up his old safe game, we often saw that people didn't know how to attack what they wanted to. And But yeah, actually you can attack pretty much anything in this whole world yeah it's, it's possible it's, you just have to manually select it before i like that that means you can't accidentally like how many ga space games have you been in where you're like i want to try and shoot my new gun oh no i'm sorry oh god i'm sorry freighter i didn't mean i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> now everyone else wants to kill you without uh, intention yeah we currently have the same thing with ramming, though, because uh, you you crash into someone and he he lowers his affinity towards you, and that's also one thing we really got to fix as fast as possible. That you can sometimes even break story missions by that. You crash into your friend like oh, five or ten times, <laughs> and then he just hates you, and he, he is with he's there with his friends, and they see he's fighting you. So actually, you're starting a war <laughs> against you uh, instead of following the target that the quest asks of you. Oh man! <laughs> so so dynamic um, open world, <laughs> right? So um, so right now there's one main quest line that you can follow. I mean, I'm playing a lot of side quests, but uh, right now there's just the the one big overall story right now. We started with like the first chapter, uh, which came along. I mean, the story for it was written like I think six or seven years ago, and um, it's more or less in in the end, in the long run. You know, when we finally reached the final version, which will be whatever number, um, it it's more like a like a first chapter, like a prologue, you know, like things to build up things. We had like one person on Steam, I think, uh, who was like, oh, I'm I'm kind of disappointed. The game ends where, it's, where it gets good, you know, where it got interesting. 
And that's the whole point of it. It's it's a build-up for the stuff we are preparing right now, or and try and try to add after we fixed all mm. that's a little bit buggy with current with the current main right. quest. How many hours would you say are in there right now in terms of content? I mean, if I if I would play the main quest, like I would only need maybe eight to ten hours to finish it because I would skip through most of the parts. And if you do all the side quests, then of course it's a lot more. And if you if you're like a new player and you explore stuff and you do the main quest, you get I think if you want to see everything, you would need at least twenty to thirty hours if not if you're lucky. If you're lucky and you're going to the right places and stuff. But actually I think a lot of people who like the game spend a lot more time in it than than this. They spend like 50, 60, 70, some people over 100 wow. hours. But I, I, for my, I, I cannot tell you what they're actually doing after 100, after 100 <laughs> hours. You know? but, uh, Probably just flying but, around with the most badass ship they can get, just killing everyone. Maybe, maybe just... Sometimes you get them, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I think in the end, if we ever reach that final goal, we will hopefully have over 100 hours of playtime in there. Bug free, of course, but of course, <laughs> it will take a lot of time and blood and sweat uh, till we till we're gonna reach that goal. Of course, um, but yeah, even even eight to ten hours for a main quest—that's that's and just the main quest. We're not talking side quests is pretty good. Like, I, I mean, I have no problem with games that are like big, open world, 100, 2,000 hours. Like, sometimes you just want something a little more contained, and that's fine. Um, like Titanfall 2, that's what, like six, seven hours? It's like the best six, seven hours of your damn life right there. So it's like... <laughs> of course. You know, when you're like a big budget game, you can you can do it. You can be like a five-hour game, a six-hour game, an eight-hour game, and people are fine with it. Like one experience, right. like a movie, you go through it, finish. But I guess that's not our goal, and we try, of course, to not contain... We want to go big. Sure. But at the moment, it's contained in one story arc, which is approximately... Because I cannot tell for sure, but I think it should take around ten hours at least for a new player to get through that. Yeah, that's what I would say too, like ten, twelve yeah. around. And that's Maybe great. But that's ten to twelve really fun hours, and then you have side quests and things and fun and more as ships to buy. You know. <laughs> you know, but what I should point out, maybe there's actually replayability already. If you would like finish the game and would say, oh, okay, I don't want to explore anymore, I would go for a new game, you could. And if you would decide different in certain situations, you would go to see different content, like even missions you don't see in oh. during the main story if you decide a certain thing. This is actually also working. This is not something that's like not working like, the epilogue after the end. This is something that's working quite fine. And I think a lot of people haven't discovered all the different routes to certain sequences. Oh, I had no idea. That's that's awesome. That definitely encourages replayability. I dig it. <laughs> no, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't trying to be negative. I'm just like because Eight to ten hours of, of a main quest for a fifteen dollar game is great. You know, I think that's an I think that's a fantastic value. Is what I was I is what I was trying to convey. The price is is quite fair. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get, if, if 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 everything like if we fix everything like in the next days, all those last little minor oh and not so minor stuff, uh, we will like. Um, that will be experienced totally worth the price. And of course, we already balanced and fixed a lot of the other issues like outside of the main quest that people 
that people can experience and enjoy the game more and smoother how how they like to you know yeah, yeah. we were even thinking about oh, should we raise the price we were actually discussing short before the 1.0 release if if we should do that because we in our early access description we announced the price will gradually increase over time and now actually i have to say i'm glad that uh devendra said um, we should not do that and we were like yeah come on one 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 dollar one euro whatever it's like nothing and look at the other games around they are like two dollars more expensive than us and it, it shouldn't go wrong but of course now that i i see the reviews and a lot of people saying ah what's up i, I paid this and that kind of money and what do i get from it the uh, beta early access test version what is this this would have become worse of course even by one dollar more than what we have mm -hmm. now and i think it's just fine we did it that way and uh we are still thinking about raising it in the future when there will be first I'm... of all of course a stable and and a full experience you can argue about and on top of that add more content that is really worth more money than it is now yeah I, i'm pretty sure we're gonna raise it at one point um i was pretty sure it was like the wrong moment to do it like for now because the game is just a little bit too wacky still but <laughs> after a while you know it's gonna be worth more and i hopefully those people who stay with us now who were like uh let's see what those people are doing in the future I hope they will be a little bit rewarded that they got it like a little bit cheaper in the beginning when things were kind of a little bit off track, you know, still. And now after a while, I mean, when it's a little bit more pricey, when it's like more stable, when it has a lot of more content, I hope no, people that are leaving now negative comments will come back you know they will come back and try it again and they will forgive forgive us for for the time being they probably will especially if you show constant work constant which you're doing already if you keep if you keep up i mean not this breakneck pace that you're doing but if you keep up a regular pace of improvements and updates that that can't help but turn it around I mean, more people people will see that you know you're still working on it because people i don't know about you guys but i totally look at that like if i see a new game and like why is it like if i see it's got negative reviews i'll I'll look at not only the news posts but the forums and if i see that they're trying i might actually you know still buy it even with the negative reviews because like oh the developer is still working on there was a game um i think it was called fictorum it's like it's like a wizard game I with, remember uh, it slightly with a fully destructible environments and it got when it was first released it got shellacked um but the developer kept plugging away at it and um the reviews started getting more positive so you can see that history if you look for it and um when i saw that the developer was making these big patches and updating it still and and make and trying to make it better and people in the forums are saying how much better it was I bought it and I haven't regretted it. It's a really fun game. It's still a bit, you know, glitchy and whatnot, but I mean, yeah. they're working on it. And that's, that's really what matters to me is, I mean, is, is that, that something's not abandoned. Like how many games have you seen on steam where it's like, I, I have this um, plugin, it's the steam DB database plugin, and it'll show you on the steam page when a game was last updated. And like it's it's amazing. Like you'll go in there and you'll see a forty dollar game last updated one thousand eight hundred days ago or something. It's like what? Ah, uh, you know, what? you know, the devs <laughs> are gone. You know, what was that? The developers are gone by that time. If yeah, exactly. That, like, so like why would I why would I buy this if it's doesn't seem complete? It doesn't seem fun, and it's long. It's hasn't been updated in so long. It's probably never going to be updated. 
So, like, what? Yeah, what's I the think point? every every time as a developer, I think you have to to prove yourself that you're serious. I mean, we internally we knew we are serious because we have right. worked like what was it six, seven, eight years before going early access at all. But of course, we we weren't sure if we should communicate that. It could also sound like we are not getting forward and we're just chilling out and um if it's a good or a bad fact actually and we knew that when we went into early access we would have that burden of of the reputation of early access that so many projects get cancelled and we we knew we wouldn't abandon it of course but i can totally understand player assume there's the risk of the game never ever being touched again by the devs and um yeah so we we now we did that next step but i think we got to prove ourselves again to show yeah it's 1.0 but this well, is not it, the end we're still here and doing doing things and i hope people listening to this podcast you know get that but i think it doesn't help that i i personally at least this is anecdotal but i know a lot of people who will not buy an early access game like at all like if it still says early yeah. access on it they won't touch yeah. it so you get that's a way like you you got to get out of early access sometimes to get those new people in the mix um as well so so it's 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 i i don't envy i love game developers we we love them so much but i don't envy a game developer because the tight walk you have to rat to walk the tightrope excuse me you have to walk uh, in terms of marketing and expectation and development and and deliverables and it's just it would drive me insane it it would yeah I, and I, you only I, you only have one chance for every step kind of you can go early access one time you can go out of early access one time and the, oh god it's true all of us it's it's the first time we we're, we're ever doing that actually I mean, we got a bit of experience in, in game dev in general, but it's not like uh, really that much mentionable. Like we really were responsible for such a product, for such such a price, for yeah. And it's um, yeah, we got we are reading, informing ourselves, but we're still actually doing that for the first time every step. Right. And once it's done the step is over so yeah and it i don't know about you guys but it really pisses me off when a developer tries to skirt around that by like oh here's such and such enhanced edition it's a new skew and everything it's a completely new product they're trying to like whitewash the the history of their old but i'm like no i'm not buying this <laughs> no, <laughs> no if you don't trust you're just gonna keep updating so yeah yeah, just update your old one and be honest about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, exactly. we're going to update and that's it. No no add-ons and stuff like this. I mean, maybe in 20 years if we are like done <laughs> and everything is finished and it works on Linux and on Nintendo Switch, then, then we're going to make another game. And, are you, are you, are you go guys going to put... It. Are you guys going to put this on the Switch? This would be a great little game for the Switch. Uh, I mean, no. Not that I know of. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things I, I totally understand. You know, look at the state of the industry right now. You're getting, as a player, you're getting like a lot of games, even from big budget companies, which are unfinished. Like, remember Fallout 76, was it? Like the big MMORPG and stuff like this. Oh yeah, and, that was a mess. Yeah. You know, and I under, I understand people being frustrated with stuff like this and now our game is kind of has the same problems, you know? But we're not we're not like a big budget company. We're like three people doing this on our own. And we're trying to tell people we're doing this because we love this game. We want we want to present something that other people can love. And I mean, it's understandable when big companies push out games that are broken and it's like a like a standard today almost. 
that people are really angry about those things. So, so I'm not angry about angry people, you know. Yeah, and especially early access on top. Then, like, um, of course, unfinished stuff because it's early access. But in so many cases, just abandoned in the middle of the process and. I think that's why a lot of players turn their back to that kind of of model, and yeah. So that's that's the the proving thing. It's really <laughs> a shame. Um, it's we've called it a double edged sword around here many times because, thanks to early access and Steam's newsfeed and everything, we us players, us fans, have gained more access into development than we've ever had before. You know. Like 20 years ago, the only way we can get an in, in a peak into game development was printed magazines, you know? Yeah, and, and we you get that once a month, and you get like, here's the feature article on Lord of the Rings or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, or, you, or, you get that, or you get that random, like, television show that, like, goes behind the scenes. I, I like to think of um, Victor Lucas back in, like, the early 2000s. What was it? What, yeah, what was happened? That? What did, what yeah. did he go behind? Behind which scenes? There was a there was a video game show that went behind the scenes in the early two thousands. Oh well, Playground. I mean, like, yeah, Electric Playground did that. Like, well, actually, in the late nineties, even like Victor oh. Lucas would go around and he'd like interview you know, like um, people from like ID and stuff like that. And wow, you know, I didn't so, know like, that. He, Oh yeah, dude. But it was like he was like he was like the only one. <laughs> you know, I mean there was there was others, but like like he's he's the one who's been doing it since the early nineties through to today on his YouTube channel. Like he you know, he's like you know, he's you know, in his fifties now with kids and all that kind of stuff, and he's still doing it. So it's like That's amazing. Props to that guy. It's it's kind of but what I was gonna say is like we have more access to how the sausage is made than ever before. And yeah. You would think that would make a lot of gamers more understanding, you know, more it tolerant. It doesn't. It doesn't. Funnily enough, it makes them more entitled. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand that at all because it's like you see that there are one humans working yeah. on this game, there are people working well, on this game, and two, they have struggles it, working I, on this game. I, I think I think that entitled bit comes into play more so because some de- development studios aren't. And that's not necessarily a negative thing towards them, but it's not part of their development cycle to be mm. as like open and upfront about what they're doing. Um, you take you take um, Blizzard. You, you know, you take well Blizzard or like any any of the of some of like the big ones that are being worked on right now. Um, it's kind of like the reverse. It, it, like Star Citizen's that anomaly, right? So like. They're telling people what they're doing, but they're not they're not doing it. <laughs> as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they're like they they just put out a roadmap to a roadmap. Yeah, just I was like, just about to bring up the roadmap to I was just about to bring up the roadmap to the last map. <laughs> what have you guys been doing for the last eight years? Like that's we've been so, finding so that, a way. So, we've been finding a way to make right. the UI better so <laughs> so we can make a more efficient UI for us to make a more efficient UI in the God. game. We've been, it's a on our roadmap. That's We've been working it's on a our procedural roadmap. Well, We've been working so, on our tools so, to. <laughs> so, well, that's that's part of what I was getting at, though. Is like, so, like, some some people are are very open. So, like, you know, you brought up No Man's Sky earlier. No Man's Sky had the problem of overpromising and underperforming, right? Especially in terms of the. And it wasn't entirely No Man's Sky's fault either. Part of it had to do too with the hype train around it. So you had Sony that was pushing it pretty hard. You had places like IGN that was doing like 24-7 coverage of this thing. And just like it took it to such a high level that there was no possible way that Hello Games was going to meet that expectation. Like it just it wasn't going to happen. I remember, I remember the hype, and I was thinking while they were presenting and showing all those things they wanted to do with it, I was like, "Are they actually gonna do this?" And when it was released, you know, they weren't. It was like not, not exactly what you imagined, you know. Yeah, I mean, and like, and a lot of the trailers, like none of the trailers had like stuff that was actually in the game or all these. 
But I mean, eventually, and to Hello Games' credit, what they ended up doing was is they did the reverse. They went silent and then just like punched out content. Like they 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 communicate a little bit more now. Like they're they're now like talking to like their audience and stuff now. But like after that initial launch backlash, they they like they went PR silence and just pumped out content. Yeah. So so it's kind of like a weird balance. So in like in the age like what you said, Brian, where there's like a lot of and I and I think it's interesting the the communication cycle that we're in. I think has a lot more to do with the crowdfunding scene than it does from just like individual studios. So a lot of the smaller studios tend to be a little bit more communicative of things. And um, when, and then, and then you get into the problem where big studios try to be communicative as well. And then they like put out a product and you're like, well, hold on a second. That's not what you said you were going to do. The bigger studios, I feel like, get even worse backlash. I think of something like Bethesda, like, you know, with a lot of their, you know, issues as of late with some of the, the, the things that they've been dealing with. Or you, know, you look at something like as big as Blizzard, you know, pulling pulling one out from under people talking about like, hey, the next Diablo game, you guys got a my guys got phones, right? So it's like uh. Uh, the commu- so we might we might have a, we might have more communication we might have more communication but i think the communication's not great no you're not wrong i think the, with the the triple a studios they have just such uh strict plans and they are just doing what they're doing and yeah calculating so what they do and for indies or small devs it's like we are more reliant more dependent actually on the community it's it's not just uh yeah trying to sell copies before it's finished to have some food in the fridge it's it's also just um to actually have some kind of guidance how to create what we create like um yeah people on on discord and stuff giving their their feedback and their wishes and their experiences from other games their expectations and that's also guiding us and um yeah showing us the way sometimes and yeah like now like the the feedback amount just boosted up so i it's really helping a lot to prioritize where are the biggest issues and what what stuff is less important than we thought and yeah so, what next to add after the fixing of the issues it helps us prioritize what the people want the most it's mostly yeah. stuff we want to put in any way but in which order it's like we listen to the people what they want the well, most. And I think I, th- I think you've yeah, I think I think you've hit on a really great point with that, and that is Discord. I think Discord, hands down, has probably got to be one of the better things that can help developers than anything right now. I mean, like, sure, like Steam reviews, but Steam reviews, I think, in in a lot of ways, actually hurt you know things because because then you got that like positive negative review cycle where it's not really it's not really meant to be like a, Hey, let's give feedback to the developer. Like a, a discord community, you can, you can have tiers of people that have not like, you know, crying, but like the different levels of people who are following you. And you can, you can kind of put, put, put people in different categories. Like here, here's our super players. Like these guys are really into like this game. They're really giving us a lot of feedback. We're going to put them in this category and like anybody else who comes along who's at that level, we'll put them in there too. And these are like our super feedback people, right? And then you, you know, Discord is very good at that because like Reddit, things can get lost or you get a lot of, you know, Reddit can kind of get a lot like, you know, Steam reviews. It, it, it gets a little toxic at times. As where I feel like on Discord, you have a much better direct yeah, communication think, with people. I think yeah. the, the, the Steam. Fo- Forum, the, the boards there are in between that. Like, um, yeah, the reviews have like a very final character. If someone writes, writes a review, he's got his opinion about it, and it's more like his final statement about something. Whereas in the in the forum, it's like a bit the same, like Discord. Um, people can also 
make suggestions and uh, share their thoughts. But of course, on, on Discord, it's uh, much faster to clear up small things and they are contacting you. Hey, are you awake? Uh, what's this and that <laughs> item used for? And, uh, can, you, can you please check in the script if this ship is available and you can answer them right away and the topic is checked and yeah it's it's much faster much more direct way of communication of course so we gotta start wrapping up i apologize um i have to get to work but i just wanted to ask my final question what is the next what would you say is the next big thing you have planned for the game um so i mean Every one of us has like a special, uh, special, special thing he does. Big thing list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Tobias is doing the graphics, and I'm doing like the scripting, and Florian is doing the programming. I think for Florian, the pro right now is of course fixing stuff as uh, for me as well. But the next big step for me would be to introduce like a new side quest i want to introduce like around 10 20 new side quests in the next months and then i want to um what do i want to say i want to which will affect me of course (laughs) to, to add stuff for it and yeah so actually i'm i'm kind of working a bit behind Devendra because um, he, especially for, for main story content, when he says, oh, I'm going to do this and that quest, can you do this and that assets and oh, we need an achievement here, would be nice. Can you make an achievement icon? And yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of working a bit uh, behind him, like filling up the, the narrative structure with, with assets. And, and also um, yeah. taking care of the, the, the music. Oh, we also we haven't mentioned Miguel yet. Shout out to Miguel Johnson, yeah. who is doing our most of our music. He has also released the official soundtrack for Gaia Beyond. And yeah, he's a great guy, a great composer. And um, so he has provided us with a lot of music. And what I'm doing is uh, kind of uh, putting it in places for story parts. And also, that's one of my next small tasks, of course, but uh, urgent uh, when we were talking about the the epilogue and the, the ending of the current main story and people wondering, hey, devs, uh, I think my quest line is broken. I, I don't get a new target. And um, actually, it's the finishing of the story. Of course, we have to smoothen that out and to to make it more understandable that this is actually the releasing uh, part of that story arc. It's... Um, you did it now, and yeah, that has to to become more clear. And yeah, I went a bit off topic now. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, hopefully, uh, folks will listen to this podcast and get a much bigger and better idea of where the game is and where you want it to go. Um, Best idea they will get is if they just watch the update notes closely. You know, watch yeah. what we update. Yeah. You guys put a lot in those update notes. You guys put a lot in there, which is great. Um, Thanks. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking time out of your, I guess, evening there to uh, thank you for having us, you know, uh, and supporting us uh, all the way, you know. Oh, pleasures! I mean, it's being able to support such a a niche like this has been just a joy. So, uh, it's, it's 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 really our pleasure. Um, folks, I want to thank you all. It's, all on, for, it's all on this side of the table. All on this side of the table. I love that so much. <laughs> it's like my favorite gif is, is that one. Pleasure's all on this side of the table. Um, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you all for watching and listening. Um, since my PC has been down, I didn't really get to schedule anything for next week, so I have no idea what we're doing next week. Um, no idea at all. 
Uh, but it'll be something fun. I have some irons on the fire, so even if we don't get a guest, we'll do something fun. And then uh, Thursday's LAN party, we're going to, now that I have a working computer and Spaz is back in his home, thank God, um, we will be returning to Dying Light. Was oh, that Hellbeard thing out? Hellbard? Hellbeard? Hellraid is Hellraid? out. It has been out for a while. Uh, oh, God. But, um, but we should continue with the following. The following? Okay. So we'll be playing yeah. more of Dying Light the following on Thursday afternoon. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be streaming tomorrow. Maybe Skater XL. I don't know. Um, oh, but- nice. I will be in. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I got a key for uh, it. it- I got a key for it. Yeah. It looks interesting. I'm going to try it. I'll probably be terrible at it, but it's as long my as absolute it's favorite game at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Skater XL, really? Yeah, I skate in real life, and um, I've been playing the Tony Hawk series up and down. And also with Devendra back then, we had our super combo contest. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so. Years, like, contest Did you guys yeah, uh, pre order the new replayed re- all of them? Did you guys pre-order the remasters on uh, the Epic Store that, that are coming out? Actually, I gotta say, since Skater XL and Session, which is uh, also by Indie Devs and kind of the competitor to Skater XL, since these both games are out, actually, I got to say, I don't care for the Tony Hawk remake. <laughs> Because these these games are just just a new way of uh, it's actually a simulation. That's the difference. I can't oh. recommend it actually to to arcades preferring people that want to do like a million points combos up uh, lantern poles and down. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, in these games, especially in Skater XL, you really have control over both your feet. Each each foot is doing okay. what it would do on a real skateboard, and that's what I find really interesting and really well done. In All right, case. I think I'll stream it tomorrow just to show how terrible I'll be at it because it sounds like something right, I'm going to <laughs> cool. be terrible at. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for hanging out. A special thanks, as always, to those who support us via Patreon and Twitch. You guys are the best, and I love you. And with that, we are going to call it. Uh, again, the game is Gaia Beyond. It is currently on Steam. It is $15 normally. It is on sale for the next two days as we record this. Uh, it is a top-down space adventure game. That is really great. So go check. do check it out. Don't let the negative reviews scare you. It is actually really great. I'll be doing a review series of it uh, next week. So uh, have a great one, y'all. Take care. Be safe. Bye-bye.